Hi, you are listening to High Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist Magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiara Fielding. And it is the demigod that walks upon you, Adam Sassifty Rawlings. Amazing. You've challenged yourself, and now I'm almost nervous for you, like, each time. But you, <laughs> I you're know. Kind, you're, you're actually kind of, like, smashing it. My problem is I never plan what I'm going to say until I say it. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, we are also here with a very special guest. We are so excited to have her. It's our um, first Miss... international guest. Yeah, our first international guest. It's you might know her as Miss K on TikTok. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Kay. I did not know I was also y'all's first international guest. We're breaking so much ground today. This is so exciting <laughs> for us. When Adam told me um, that he had contacted you I was so excited because we've been wanting to do more like game gamer content um Mm -hmm. but we just never like we just never have for some reason and then um he told me about the cozy game stuff and I was like I am all over this shit because I am also a bit of a cozy gamer myself so I'm very excited to like share stuff and like just chat to you really I'll keep it so real like when I interviewed Kay for the written interview, I was like, we need to get her on the podcast because we had such a good conversation. Yeah, it was really good. And it was cool. Like, I think I was telling you during the interview, like, I never really talk about gaming with people. Like, I just, I don't know. It's like never been a huge, I don't know. It's always been a very private thing. So it's been fun to like get to talk about it. And I don't know. It's been really neat. And we did have a really good conversation. So, yeah. I was a big fan of the article. It looked, honestly, I wish I was there. Well, I am here now, so. (laughs) There you go. We'll just redo it now, but an hour long and better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was really, really cool to read. Um, And it's actually performing really well, so people love it. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. So um, I'm hoping, I think Adam may have told you that we start every episode with a little Femi fact, is what we call it, or Femi thought um so should we should we jump into that yeah let's dive in do you want to go first okay so mine's a pretty cool one but it's also a fairly short one so Mm -hmm. just letting y'all know that the girlies have saved america from a deeper recession because between the era's tour the renaissance tour and barbie seven billion dollars has been generated to stimulate the u.s economy so i just think that's pretty cool you know girlies be making the world go round literally single-handedly saving the economy how much did you say say the number again seven billion seven billion oh my gosh well wild it's like three insane wow that's so crazy not only that but we're also starting earthquakes at the era store concerts i know so it's kind of a give and a take it's a give and a take you know like (laughs) We're saving from the recession, but maybe a little more ecological disaster. But no, I mean, <laughs> honestly, the planet was the planet was just dancing along, and that's very slow. Yeah, nobody can be. You can't knock anyone for that. No, for sure. I mean, you can't blame Mother Earth for wanting to like join in on the Eras tour. Obviously, Mother Earth Absolutely. is a Swifty confirmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um. I'll go next and then we'll save the best uh, for last. Right. Let's. Okay. So mine, I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if this is a really common fact or not. So sorry, everyone, if it is, but um, I didn't know this. So the first um, 
British person to actually go to space, like the first British astronaut, is actually a woman. I had no yeah, I had no idea. Oh, Her name's Helen oh Sharman. Gosh. It was in 1991. And um, yeah, she was the first British person to travel to space. And she wasn't even an astronaut, like when they were looking for people. She was chosen from 13,000 applicants and she responded to a radio ad, which is wild. Oh my God. But she she wasn't like a complete stranger. She was uh, like a scientist, basically. In fact, she's dabbled in loads of fields. She's... Um, She's been in chemistry, radio, science outreach, and I think um, after her like space career, she just was like big on encouraging women and young people into STEM. So she's actually just oh. around a cool. Gal. That's very mother of her, actually. <laughs> it is. Did it she is go good. back like more than one time into space? Um, you know, I don't know, but I might Google it while we chat because I'd I'd like to know the answer to that. Here's a question though: Would y'all go into space? No. Ask the same thing. No. Yeah, absolutely not. Not even slightly. How come? No way. I'm just so interested in this world that I don't really care too much about other worlds. To be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about UK? You know, we've seen pictures. Like, I think <laughs> I'm good. You know, I've seen all that I need to see. It looks incredibly intimidating. And that's just kind of the end of it for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you there. It's kind of like camping. Like, I've got no interest. There's no electricity for me to, like, do my hair. There's, where am I supposed to, the lighting for the to the makeup? Mm-hmm. I, where? No, for real. My I, question like... is, like, there ain't McDonald's in space. It's like, what are you going to do in a pinch? Mm. <laughs> oh, apparently she went on four dried. missions, by the way. Oh, oh. wow. It might be more it might that's all that fits on the page it might be more we know she's been in at least four missions so she's been in space at least four times wow that yeah. is really really cool yeah good for imagine her. getting that imagine getting that job from a radio ad yeah. like that would be great <laughs> that is literally the type of success i hope for every day you know what i mean that's yeah. like such a 90s thing though just like oh <laughs> like i just like heard this thing on the radio and i just did it that, that's like the most 90s ass story it, it truly really is. is. It truly is. But do you want to dive in with your Femi fact, Femi Fort K? Yeah. I do. I'm going to warn y'all, though. It's, like, actually so not fun. But <laughs> I feel like it is, like, kind of a good opener for the subjects, multiple subjects at hand today. Um, so I discussed this very briefly on my account. Um, have y'all ever heard of the stereotype of trans women being particularly good at programming or a lot of trans women are programmers no I kind I of actually. but not I, I didn't know it was like a thing so it is a thing I've seen particularly if you find like a, a really common joke I've seen on TikTok is people who are like in coding programs in school they'll be like it, it's like a POV like the tr- when the trans girl shows up to your programming whatever and then they just get up and leave because like she's gonna be better than them or something like that it's this very long standing stereotype and I think in the common mind people think of like the woman who was behind the design of the iPhones now and there's a few other really famous trans women in tech um and I think a lot of people embrace it now too like you know it's a good skill to have it makes you good money so why is that a bad thing but my partner Alex has been reading this book um, called Autism and Gender that talks about a lot of other things, Um, but they have a section on this time period where 
you know, computers were becoming more common in the workplace and in society in general. People were very anxious about it. And it got tied in with this kind of fear of autism and this fear of trans people. And essentially what happened was they that this idea of a separation between a male brain and a female brain was created. And so this all brewed together to say like, oh, well, of course, trans women would be really, really good at coding because they're male brains and a lot of them are autistic. So they end up in tech. And that's also where we get this weird like joke that people make that like Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates are possibly autistic. It comes from this time period where people were really afraid of technology and autism and had this idea that autistic people were like non-empathetic and couldn't feel empathy. So they were best in the technological industry because they didn't think the same way normal people do. And so all of this brewed together to make this really weird niche stereotype about trans girls. Oh, wow. But I had never known that before. I thought it was just a funny joke. And then I was like, oh. That's oh, such wow. a lucky feral. Yeah. You know what's so no, funny about that though? I was diagnosed with autism as a kid and I can barely turn on a printer. Like... <laughs> I'm debunking Literally, the stereotype I, right here. It is true. We've had stem. multiple tech issues on this podcast. <laughs> well, th- we're breaking down stereotypes because I'm a trans woman. I have n- I have no idea how to work a computer. <laughs> it's a miracle that I'm here right now. It kind of um, reminds me of, um, you know, um, the whole like MSG story. I know this is a bit left field. Uh, like it's so different. I do feel you though. But like you kind of see where like the relation. Like everybody was. It was. Uh, is it banned still in the in the US? Like no. no. I actually just bought a huge bag of it in oh. my pantry right now, <laughs> okay. so it is legal. Okay. There, is was legal. there a time? I think there was a moment though. Where it, it wasn't. It was like banned. banned or I think. No? I think it was just like the health. Like oh thing of the, the time you're right you're right it was part of like yeah. for for like when you buy food or like takeaways and stuff but it was yeah. just rooted yeah. in racism because very people much scared of like foreign food and seasoning and stuff like that so it's kind of, it kind of gives me those vibes yeah it's and it's kind of, and you know the funny thing about that is like i think every snack food we have in america like has msg in it and has had msg in it this whole time no, you for real. I mean? <laughs> um, no, I will say though that book is genuinely one of the most unfun. I-, I wasn't even reading it. My partner was reading it, and he would open the page. He would like stop and tell me what he was reading, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds literally horrendous." But it is, I think, from a lot of different perspectives, a really interesting book. Um, so I would recommend that to anyone. It's called Autism and Gender by Jordan Jack. Very, very interesting. Horrible, though. It's going to put you in a bad mood. <laughs> if anyone's feeling, like, sort of depressed and academic at the same time, like, have fun. Well, period. Y'all getting a free book recommendation. Like, Kay's already coming in clutch with, like, the content. <laughs> I have to do what I have to do. I have to provide. <laughs> and you are. You really are. Thank you. <laughs> okay, should we? Let's get into it. I'm so excited yeah, to, to hear more about you and your, like, gaming and just everything um mm. so ha- tell us how um what kind of games you're into how did you get into it have you streamed do you streams I don't I yeah I'm a bit out of the loop with that sort of community so bear with me you know it's so funny like and I'm not even gonna lie it was like 
very interesting seeing the article come out and be called a gamer just because I feel like at first that wasn't even something I was super known for but it's just kind of been like a very normal fixture in my life like since I was a kid um I think I told Adam during the interview that my parents were like my age now when I was born so like by the time I was six years old they both played World of Warcraft together all the time and I would play I started playing with them at like six years old and I remember my character died for the first time and I like was bawling I was on the floor I thought it was done and I couldn't play the game anymore that type of vibe but yeah I just kind of kept like that was one of my main pastimes as a kid growing up um and then I decided to start talking about it on TikTok because I feel like most of the memes we get particularly about Skyrim are all not to be like a hater but all men who like do not make good memes and should not be the tools to make Yes. memes you know what I mean um so yeah no I thought about streaming but I kind of approached Skyrim from a very like like I go on a bender for like two weeks and then I don't play for a month because I, I lose so much sleep doing it so I don't know if I would be like a reliable streamer you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. no I totally get you that's so cool about your parents though I showed my mum my animal crossing village and she looked at me like what the fuck are you doing with your life <laughs> like what is this you know what though if you let her play it for an hour she would get it exactly totally get it. exactly <laughs> it's do you know what it's already I'm diving into Barbie I'm so sorry everybody's sick <laughs> to death right but I just can't be... help it it's the America Ferrera clip that's just been living in my head rent free of when she's like men get to keep playing games like they just get to grow up and play on their xboxes and at some point we pack up our dolls you know your mom comes in and she's like that's it like no more games for you grow up so you know what though yeah i'm issuing a rule right now so okay just i don't know if you've heard any other episodes but basically i'm like a hardcore shakira stan and every time i mention shakira ellie's like you gotta take a drink and now because ellie's like a barbie movie stan every time ellie mentions barbie y'all have to drink i'm just making it a rule right now y'all are gonna have me drinking at 9 (laughs) (laughs) a.m i mean i'll do it but i did not know we were partying like that today we love the energy though (laughs) yeah we we never actually do it but we keep saying we will (laughs) no we're planning a like spoilers for everyone we're actually planning a Shakira episode coming up in a few weeks and y'all will not be able to follow the rule for that because you'll be in the hospital like you'll literally be like yeah past tense halfway through the episode getting my stomach pumped <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny um but yeah it still stands though that it's so true right like yeah, so I think is. I think the reason why my mom is like what is this it's just because it's it's weird it is weird for her for women of her generation for animal crossing is that girl though like Mm -hmm. that's just the tea when i played it me and my sister called our like island or village or whatever it was we called it barsing say after the city in avatar and like that was just the tea and like we had like we decided this is so weird of us we decided that some of the npcs were like our like boyfriends why not <laughs> and why we not? were just like 
walk up to them and they just wouldn't give anything back. So we would just like push them over. There you go. He's not being an attentive partner. Push no, him. No, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking uh, random like that though. No, I'm yeah. I still to this day, Philbert is just like my animal. Like I just love <laughs> Philbert from Animal not, Crossing. Not Philbert. <laughs> I'm gonna be so honest with y'all. I had actually never played Animal Crossing until Alex moved in. And I I hope y'all have gotten it too, but the happy home decorator expansion. Yes. I don't even I don't I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I could not care less about his like main island. I let him log into the game and I'm like, go pick your apples do what you have to do and fly me over there so I can decorate some houses. That is like, I think that has single, that expansion has single-handedly stopped me from like tearing up my apartment like four times because I can (laughs) just do it. I could just do it in happy home decorator and get it out of my system. You know what I mean? Literally, I well, did not come like... up for air when I got that. When I got that <laughs> Well, this like ties into something that Ellie said to me. Ellie has a mission today related to gaming. I do. Do you want to explain what you're? Oh right, is, okay. Ali? Sorry, I thought you were going to. Just like, <laughs> um, what is it? Um, uh, yeah. So I saw your TikTok where you were like, "Are you crazy? I am not getting Sims because I <laughs> see what it does to other people, and <laughs> it's not going to happen." And I'm like convinced. I'm like, if you love decorating, you, I have to convince you to get Sims. Put a timer on it. I don't know, but you have to. But also, I have never played Skyrim, so I'm open for a little, like, oh. you convince me, I convince you. Skyrim is really fun. It, it's it's a, it's definitely a different type of vibe, but yeah, I know. you can make <laughs> it aware. whatever you want it to be. You know? That's the thing. You can go, like, balls deep into, like, being a character on Sky, Skyrim. Like, honestly, mm. you, can, you can be... There's literally people who will write, like, a whole backstory for the character and, like the whole personality trait Myers-Briggs before they even start the game. Oh my god. That's, yeah. That's so cool though. Sorry about my dog. Um, I actually want to talk about what you said in the interview was really, really interesting about um, capitalism and like this need for like, women especially to just sort of get away <laughs> to just like mm. escape. Um, and mm. I found I find that really, really interesting. So um, remind remind me what was sort of said in the interview and, and what was the question that you asked? I don't mean, it was something like, why do you think women enjoy cozy games, right? Yeah, it was something along those lines. You know, I actually, I thought about it a little more because I wanted to expand on that part in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I said about it as far as myself was like, I do not like, I don't want to be more stressed while I'm gaming. I don't seek out any kind of stress or anxiety in my free time. And I wanted to make the caveat that there are a lot of people and a lot of women who do, who really like super intense, crazy games where you could like die at any moment. You know, that's, that is relaxing or not, I guess not relaxing, but like some people really enjoy that. But in my experience with like me and all of my girlfriends, most of the 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 two games that we all have in common is Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing, which is solely pick vegetables, make a recipe, go to sleep and repeat it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think 
I, I mean, I think, honestly, it's a, it has good and bad reasons behind it. Like, I think a lot of us, a lot of people my age, we, we grew up with the internet and kind of learning how to use the internet to escape, um, which is a really unhealthy habit sometimes. I, I think all of us could probably look at our screen time and our settings right now and be like, how did I do that in one day? You know what I mean? Like, how did I accomplish seven hours on my screen in one day? I don't know. But, you know, at the same time, we aren't left with a lot of other options of like something to do in our free time that really brings us joy because everybody that I know, you know, is getting paid scraps. You know what I mean? Like Mm. I have enough money to do groceries, pay my bills. And then I've got like a couple hundred left over that's not really enough for like a really cool hobby or like to pay for a trip to a pretty place, you know? So I think a lot of people and a lot of women, because industries like the service industry and, you know, food service retail are particularly awful Mm -hmm. um, being a woman, like particularly grueling and disgusting. And yeah, I think a lot of us just want to come home and be like, I'm going to decorate someone's apartment. I'm going to decorate someone's apartment with an unlimited library in Animal Crossing. And that's relaxing, you know? Yeah, no, literally. That's why I can't, like, I am going through this. I don't know if it's if it's a phase it's lasted most of my life. <laughs> but, like, I can't, <laughs> I can't, like, watch anything, like, dramatic anymore, like, with films. I'm like, it has to be calm. Like, it has to be funny or an easy watch. Otherwise, I just can't cope. Like, it's... <laughs> And mm-hmm. um, same with cozy games, like literally the exact same thing. That's why, like, I it's just a form of escapism. Which... You know what I think it is. What have you guys seen that guy on TikTok who has like the ranch, the abundance guy? I forget. I can't remember what his name is. It's called Redleaf Ranch, and basically he has this like Maybe. farm in Tennessee, and he harvests like loads of tomatoes and. Oh like... yeah. I think we're all just trying to be that, but without yeah. the actual effort of planting shit ourselves, <laughs> like. Um... We're That's tired. like the real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, same here about like everybody being broke. For, for us, it's the cozy living crisis, is what it's known as. Oh, cozy lives. Cozy lives. It's like nobody can afford anything right now. Like you are yeah. lucky if you can afford your own food. So, yeah. I mean, what else is there to do? On, <laughs> to no honest? trust. So I told Literally. Ellie. I told on the cozy lives. I told Ellie that I bought this big bag of jasmine rice, like a 10 kilo bag of jasmine mm. rice, which oh, was, was like shocked. a very, like, it was a very, like, honestly, it was a very iconic move of me. Like, I really ate that up. I mean, I've not eaten it yet, but like, I really ate that up. Um, And I was low-key like, can I justify purchasing this big bag of rice in this cost of living crisis? And I just like treated myself. I was like, you know what, girl math, it'll get eaten anyway. It's just saved me buying rice for like a year. But like, yeah. I was sat, I can't believe I just want to like fucking like, whole like deep dive about this one bag of rice but I was just like that that's the thing though it's the times I'm like you know this is my treating myself now by buying staple food in a large quantity no because (laughs) I was shocked no literally like Adam said that and I was like the Thai jasmine a big bag of Thai jasmine that's the expensive rice like oh my god it was 25 pounds and I was like damn I really popped off there 25 pounds oh my god and that's what excites us now like and that is what is exciting well. now oh my that's god like, it's... that's so sad isn't it i know i mean i'll tell y'all i spend this is the one like 
primo grocery item that I spend any more than five bucks on. I get this. It's not even big. Like I can't even justify it. The bag is like this big and it's $16, but it's this fancy Korean short grain rice. My old roommate got me onto Ooh. it. And since then I like, I can't go back. Like it, there's no going back to anything else for me now. And I told Alex, we had been getting like regular long grain rice before. And I was like, honestly, this isn't doing it for me. So we can take the the fancy rice out of just out of my wallet. Like, I don't care. I'll pay for it. We don't have to split it. I need this rice. And it feels unjustifiable every time I ring it up. But then I'm like, it's $16. I'm going to do what I want to do. I really get it, though. Like, completely. Nice. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And the fact that there are billionaires walking around out here and we're like trying to justify a bag of there rice. Billion- what is this lame is? There are billionaires you- literally packing themselves to a fucking tuna can to go to the bottom of the ocean. Like, let's just, you know, and we're all here like fighting over like fucking bags of rice. That's the real tea right now. You know, have y'all that. heard of this this guy? What is his name? I hear his name like every, every two days. I, mean, I always forget it, but he's like... <laughs> 40 years old he's a I don't know a billionaire and he like wants to be young forever right like his whole thing he's got I'm not kidding y'all he's got like 40 scientists on payroll studying him does he is he he the one who takes like a hundred different supplements a day yeah and you want to know what half of them are it's like dry garlic uh broccoli supplement and I'm I'm reading this list and I'm like just darling this is this is a standard skincare routine and a balanced diet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? And so but he's also also getting blood infusions from his son. Very that's strange. Yeah. Oh, that's it's the yeah. Strange. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell y'all right now. And this is actually I'm not gonna say that, but it's just very impressive. Like he is probably spending like somewhere in the ballpark of a couple hundred thousand every single day to figure out that he should have broccoli with dinner. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's almost impressive. It's almost impressive. You really do have to laugh at, like, the complete disconnect that the uber-rich have with the way of the world. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. insane. Oh, it's... I think I saw him on, like, a, a clip or, like, a trailer for a podcast, and the guy was like, are you happy? And he was like, uh and it's like what Mm. what are you doing like what are you actually doing you know what i do kind of find funny though is Mm. like people who live like that the uber rich who are super health conscious i almost always feel that they don't ever look that good either like it like they never they they never step out looking like you know fresh faced and dewy and supple they always look like they're a little bit haggard well, if we're talking yeah. about the billionaires, they're just like crusty, musty old men. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not really surprised. <laughs> Male, pale, and stale, if you will. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. literally, literally. Plus, I feel like, I mean, honestly, the one thing that I will give him in particular is I was reading his like diet and his skincare, and I was like, again, it's incredibly normal. And he could have gotten this from like a nutritionist and a dermatologist, <laughs> but it's better than some of the other stuff. Like I'm sure y'all remember the, who she's not a billionaire by any means, but the Gwyneth Paltrow debacle about oh, the yeah. very scary Well, diet. which one? Yeah. Oh, the diet one. <laughs> right, which one? Her bone broth dinner? The, the bone broth dinner, the yeah. black coffee breakfast. 
And I think maybe, I mean, I'm going to tie it back in, but I feel like maybe I think especially for a lot of girls and femme people, like if that is the constant stimulus we're getting, like, oh, you should just eat bone broth and black coffee (laughs) and like wither, you know, maybe it's a lot more fun to just tune everything out, Mm. even like real life fun stuff and just make pumpkin soup in a video game. Like, I don't know. It just, because I wasn't even like that as much. I think when I was younger, it's been more as I've gotten older and particularly as I've transitioned and then be like, oh, I have to go out in the world and, you know, work and do all of this today. So I don't know. It's just like, it's crazy. Like, I feel like we have to be able to recognize that our tendencies for escapism can be like really dangerous and not super self-serving, but then it's like every single new piece of information that the internet tells me, I'm like, Oh, I I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be involved in any of this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I want to escape, you know? So, you know, I think, I don't know. It's It's a conundrum. Yeah, I do. It's think... interesting. Oh, sorry, go on, Adam. Oh no, go ahead, girly. I was just gonna say it. Uh, you, it was interesting because you said, um, sort of, since you started transitioning, you got into this. Do mm. you do you find that it's a bit of a, a coping mechanism then? Because I I know transitioning can be really hard for some people. Do you think it's a way to sort of just ease your life a little bit, or do you are you finding the experience like okay? You know, it's actually. It's been pretty comfortable for me. I'm not going to lie. I do. Um, I'm a lot hungrier. And I. Um, I don't know. Like. The, I, I don't feel like my emotions have gotten like intense or anything. They're just different now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say. This is. Again. Another weird fact. I don't remember if it's. Spironolactone. Or. Progesterone. But one of those two. Their medication is very common for if you're on hormones. Um, one of them actually like activates nesting um, instincts in your brain, oh, supposedly. Okay. I don't remember which one. And there's like a 30% chance that that's not correct. But I think <laughs> I heard that somewhere. So we'll have to fact check me on that. But, you yeah, know, I, I, somebody told me that very offhandedly. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, oh, okay. But there is like. I mean, I guess there's just some added stimulus. And I do think in my mind all the time, like, wow, it would have been a lot easier if I was just a gay guy, you know? But I was always anxious then about, like, how people were perceiving me. So I think it's really just, like, a the grass is always greener thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... that's But... Mm. Oh, no. I was, that's what I don't get about, like, transphobia. It's, like, you actually think people would choose to <laughs> make their life, like, oh, ten no. times harder. Trust. Like, what? what that's um but what you just said is so relatable because when Mm. i just identified as a cis guy which i don't anymore um Mm. like i was still like you know so hyper conscious of like my femininity and like Mm -hmm. try honestly tried to suppress it for a while and tried to deny that part of myself and then when i was like nah fuck this like i know that i am not a cis guy it's um i think you do kind of there's there's new gripes of it. I think when you navigate the world as a femme presenting person, as a woman, someone who identifies as womanhood with womanhood as I do, and I'm mm-hmm. sure all of us do. Um, I think you do kind of there's there's new shit to deal with and the baggage is heavy. 
But mm. at the same time, you do kind of look back and think, it's almost like, I'm almost more grateful for the perspective I have now and all the problems that I have now in the sense that at least they come with clarity as opposed to confusion. Definitely. Yeah, and I think it's, honestly, the most interesting thing has been to watch how my interactions with random people have kind of changed. Um, particularly, like, I'm I'm going to put this out there for anyone else who is not trans who is listening if you go through a transition, the first year of your transition is generally like in, uh, incredibly embarrassing and you don't look good. You don't know how to do anything or present in a way that makes sense for you. And you just figure it out over time. But now I'm getting to a point where like all of it is a lot more normal for me and I've figured things out a lot more. And so now I run into situations more often where people are not treating me like someone they've just clocked as a trans woman. They're treating me how they would treat what they think of as a regular woman. And like, sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's way worse. <laughs> and it's just very strange. Like it's I no matter the exact what. the same thing actually. Yeah. I kind of yeah. want to, I kind of, I'm interested now you said that. What, are there any like particular instances you can think of or like, how do you, how have you found it being, I want to hear about the experiences where you've been like, oh, this isn't great (laughs) yeah I'll keep this one like this is the best explanation I can give to you quickly um when I was before I had transitioned if I had to go to a mechanic um (laughs) they would still be mean to me they would not be nice to me I actually no well they, they would still be not nice to me but generally I feel like I got fair prices and I got fine service because they were like get out get the gay boy out of the store you know, like they just wanted it done. But now, uh, since transitioning, I have had one mechanic steal money out of my car, rip my fuzzy handle thing off of my steering wheel, and just like tear my car up. And then they cut, uh, they, they didn't, but they had to have cut this crazy hole in the bottom of the plastic on my car and then left it dragging. And I called them and I was like, but what is wrong with y'all? And they were like, we wouldn't do that. Have a nice say. And then <laughs> I just had a mechanic. Um, I went in there myself to deal with it. And my, my AC has been out. He's like, okay, it's going to be $383 to fix something so that I can test the AC to figure out how to fix it. And so I called a different mechanic and said, Hey, I'm going to send my boyfriend in with my car. And you tell me what's up with it. And he was like, $100 you needed free on. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Oh, like, my God. It's, I'm not, it's the annoying thing is I'm not thing. even surprised. No, I mean, no, yeah. that is literally so common for women to get screwed over yeah. for car stuff. Literally. So, wow. Wow. That must, that must feel a bit weird. Like, <laughs> sometimes you must be like, this is a weird. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like there, I have a lot of cisgender women around me who are very supportive and... I bring something like that to them. That's like a first timer for me. And they're like, yeah, yeah. that's not like, <laughs> I don't know that that stuff happens, you know, cause I've grown up being friends with almost exclusively girls my whole life, but it's almost like just, it's, it's wild when people are so bold to your face, you know, cause I'm also <laughs> you know, very petty. I'm very petty. 
then I like have to hold back the urge to walk back in there and I don't know but you know what I noticed so when I started to present the way that I feel appropriately to my gender I started to notice that if I was in like more formal situations like even like at work professionally or in like sort of higher end establishments I will not be greeted to or spoken to by the men that are there and they'll just greet the men that I am with and then assume that I'm like a girlfriend or I'm a, in professional sense I'm like not in my role I'm like an assistant or mm-hmm. just like do admin and you notice very very quickly that men see other men as equals and they see women as like decoration basically yeah very much 100% it's when I go to um when me and Felix my my boyfriend we've booked like a restaurant or something this is the most common one because we we eat out a lot so I guess it's the one I experience the most they'll be like oh what's the name sir or like they'll look to him and be like what's it and I'll be like it's under Ellie (laughs) like I booked it what makes you think he's I did this (laughs) yeah yeah oh god it's so in fact Bringing it back to gaming, have you guys seen um, the the Maybelline Australia? This is a bit niche, but the Maybelline Australia campaign that came out like a couple years no. ago. No. I, I, don't, I, I don't. Why Maybelline? Why gaming? I'm not sure, but it ended up being pretty powerful. And I, I for some reason, I found it quite hard to find, even though I think this should be bigger. It's like you might recognize the clip, maybe, but there's um, they get two. Um, women streamers and then two male streamers and then um they basically put a like voice modifier on the male streamers um so Mm. that they sound like women and then they're like just play the game as you would um and obviously because everybody who's playing thinks they're women they they get a shit ton of abuse I mean get back to the sink and then like slurs um like sexual harassment sort of stuff and it's it honestly it's nasty and you just see their faces drop like the first two games that they that they the people in the games that they're with they leave or they get ignored and the guy's like I have never been ignored before I've never had to find a new game because people have left like I've never ever experienced this and then the the girl streamers are like yeah (laughs) like that's life and then they're like so why do you still do it if you get that much abuse and they're like we love it don't you love it like we're we will do it because we love it but it's just really hard it makes you want to not do it but it's actually mm. wild you should watch it <laughs> I don't know why it was Maybelline again but yeah that's I completely <laughs> as you were talking about it I forgot it was Maybelline yeah, yeah it is a bit, about it, I was like that is a bit random but, I mean go it off is. Maybelline Australia I yeah guess. <laughs> it was just to raise awareness about like for like violence against women uh during gaming and like for gaming and for gamer girls but it it I think it was supposed to be like a female empowerment type campaign which you know the beauty brands try and do all the time even when it's completely nonsensical and random like they're trying we love it like (laughs) go off just don't test on animals and like underpay your workers please yeah like let's just fix the the big yeah. problems yeah. on your end, you know? Let's get our so, own house in order first. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was, that actually reminds me of I somebody a while ago, and obviously this debate is going to rage on until the end of time. As long as feminism, any semblance of feminism exists, there's going to be people wasting their time on this argument. But people get all in a tizzy about, like, is makeup, is wearing makeup feminist or not? And I think I saw somebody give a really good answer that I liked, where they were like, 
not every single thing you do has to be like a feminist power statement. Also, mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to have makeup on to get through a certain social situation or professional situation. It's expected. What do you want me to do about that? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can't, it's, it's unsustainable. I think that's like, oh my God, no, I can't do it. I refuse. I refuse to bring up the movie. I can't do it. Now I don't know. What to do. <laughs> Wait, you don't want us to take a shot? <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to say the re- the reaction to um, the Barbie movie is that a lot of uh, feminists were like, we wanted more. Like we wanted mm. more like complexity into womanhood and femininity. We wanted intersectionality. We wanted, and it's like, okay, okay, slow down a second because this changed. It's one movie, y'all. Yeah, and also it changed a lot of lives. Like I said, like. Um, people's mums like had never thought about things in the in that way so you have to sort of like I, I think there's such high expectations for women and like a female presenting people like we really hold ourselves to such a high standard yeah that it becomes a little bit unmanageable which is a really important conversation we should have actually like just in society in general yeah how like unsustainable it is like women can be shit too (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) circling back to the whole makeup point that Kay brought into it i think that i mean because ellie and i just for context were both former makeup artists like we used to both work as makeup artists yeah um and i think that when you were in that sort of space and you know you get we were both deep into like the beauty community and like the trends and stuff like very 2016 kind of vibe mm-hmm. um and I think at the time I really did sit there and convince myself like wow I'm really changing the world like one cut crease at a time which like <laughs> <laughs> which like Adam takes several seats but <laughs> like when I look back on it now I'm like even for a face like mine in that space I realized that I did probably actually perpetuate some negativity out there because there's people who you know they can't say a look like I can I can give it to you every which way you want it but not (laughs) everyone has that ability and like I will continue to slay but there are also many people who are unable to do that and with peace and love to those people Uh don't feel bad that ain't your bag right oh I that gave me chills I'm not gonna lie that gave me chills I love that so much oh my god (laughs) and I mean I feel like it's just this thing of like you know, and actually, if we can get a little more heavy, I would love to. I would really, I would love, I, and I know we're like supposed get to heavy, be talking baby. about Yeah, no, gaming, no, go for it. So I apologize. No, no, this, however the conversation flows, it flows. Something I really want to talk about in particular is a lot of, the, some of the tension that happens between um, trans women and cis women, especially like, I think, when we kind of get into feminist conversations, right? Mm. And the first thing I'm going to say is that I think a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it is we are propagandized to constantly. And, you know, the book I mentioned at the the start of the episode, Autism and Gender, it covers so many subjects, but you can see so much of like how the narrative about women as a biological entity and how the fear of transgender people has kind of coalesced to where we're at now. And I always talk about, you know, I'm a really big horror fan. And so if you particularly look back through horror history, 
you can start to get a really great explanation to why so many people are very uncomfortable and afraid of transgender women and the, but then just very dismissive of transgender men. Like a lot of these conversations, you know, and I also want to separate between TERFs and, you know, just women or young feminists in general who still have questions about the differences between them and trans women and how to navigate that. Because I think some of the the biggest camaraderie in my life and some of the biggest parts of my support system are cisgender women who have questions because I'm the first trans person they've ever met. And obviously if you come at me sideways on the internet, like I'm going to say something mean because I'm really good at that. But if you're like someone I'm meeting in real life who we are just talking, like I think it's okay. I, I feel comfortable answering certain questions, right? But I relate to this so much. But you really, you look back through so much of it and you see that like, it doesn't just come from nowhere and people don't just have this like innate uncanny valley fear of trans people. It's very much like, you know, go back and watch Sleepaway Camp, Silence of the Lambs, um, Psycho, like even, and I hate this series because of this, but the Insidious series features a man in a dress who is the main demonic villain like today, you know, and people think it's innocuous, but it very much plants seeds in your brain to where when you see something or someone that you perceive as a man in a dress, it's threatening. Um, Wow. I, I am not a horror fan. I, I've watched like two my whole life. And one of them, I like hid behind the sofa, like the entire movie. Like I'm, <laughs> I do not have yeah. the balls for a horror. So I had no idea. This is, I'm sitting here in silence. Cause I'm like fascinated. So yeah, yeah. it's I, all over horror. I mean, even when you look at tell like me kids more, TV, even like kids TV shows and films, the villains in Disney are all super queer coded. Like Hades is queer coded. Oh, Loads yeah. of Cartoon Network villains are super queer coded. Ursula is literally mm. based off a drag queen. Like, so oh my God. all of our it, media. I feel so being blinded by privilege right now. Like, yeah, I have never noticed this. So much of our media from being tiny portrays queerness, transness, gender divergence of any kind as synonymous with villainy. And even, like, you know, I love, like, the villains and, like, the Disney villains and all that sort of stuff. And even seeing the film like Silence of the Lambs, they actually say explicitly in the film that um, Buffalo Bill is not a trans woman. But not because, a trans woman. Yeah, but because there's that portrayal of this gender divergence, then people don't have the ability to realise that what me and Kay are is not what they see on screen. They just mm-hmm. have this ingrained fear of us. Yeah. And, you know, I I actually want to say you said you're you're like blinded by privilege right now. But I also want to say to that, like, I mean, what is really the crime at hand here? It's what these audiences perceive as a man being feminine, you know? And so I think Mm -hmm. all of us as women kind of have to sit with that and be like, literally, the crime is presenting femininely you know and so then this question this question gets brought between us you know cis women and trans women like well what what makes you a woman and why does wearing the clothes um cutting your hair wearing nails doing your makeup whatever why does that make you a woman and for me it's like well it doesn't but the girls are all expected to do this you know Mm -hmm. like 
it's it's at the second that we all decide I can it's now like totally chill to be a girl with like hairy armpits and a bare face every single day and like genuinely not face consequences for that then we can do that but this is the expectation placed on all of us and I think so many of the arguments that people try to spin between cis women and trans women when we really turn around and look at it it's like this is bad for all of us like this is really bad for all of us Mm. and a great example was Alex just sent me the other day a screenshot of I don't know if it was national or international or in what I don't know how the world of competitive chess works sue me I've just seen Um, this oh I've just seen this too yeah what the fuck and so let's let's pick that apart because what is the argument here that now just somebody with a male brain is inherently better mm, at exactly chess. which is for those people that don't like, know just to like let the people know basically yeah. the international chess um circle jerk whatever it is have decided that trans women could not compete in chess like period at the moment right and like seriously be so fucking for real for a second it's chess mm. I mean, it's yeah, and we have to start then picking apart like all of these other places where cis men and cis women are segregated apart from each other. And what it's really about is, you know, audiences don't want to see women involved in a lot of these sports. That's where we get the, all these jokes about like, oh, the WNBA, nobody watches it. Nobody watches WNBA. But if you watch the WNBA, it's actually really entertaining. Same with women's soccer. And they don't they get paid scraps. They get paid pennies to play a lot harder than these men sometimes. And I think having specifically trans women put into the mix has honestly, I think for a lot of people, it's created an uncomfortable conversation about, yeah, you know, why are we really separated? You know, yeah. we talk about bodily advantages. You know, Simone Biles is an incredible, incredible athlete. But we can also talk about like how a lot of gymnasts are generally going to be smaller people because it's going to make yeah. you better at doing those things. And she and a lot of other Olympians and athletes are examples of people who, you know, they might have like a little bit of a some kind of bodily advantage over other competitors. But for the most part, they put a ton of work into doing what they do you know and that's the reality i think this is such a perfect example of um like patriarchy at play everything that that from the horror movie plants and like all of this is such a perfect example of patriarchy at play and i actually think that um after like hearing you guys talk i'm just like i'm actually so in awe of anybody of of any gender who embraces their femininity and like flaunts it because so many like young girls actually like reject things like we talked about it in the last episode i think adam like where you reject like the color pink because it's associated with femininity and you don't want to seem weak so like anybody who like embraces it which makes like the trans experience i think so much more like like i'm in awe of it because even I, think, I have struggled yeah. to embrace my feminine side sometimes because it is it yeah. is really hard. I want to dive into something a little bit different because we talked about this night in the UK and we need to dive into it because I've had a brush in since then. We talked about chasers. Oh, yes. Oh, my favorite subject. <laughs> okay. I need to tell you about this brush in I've had with a chaser. Like, you know what a chaser Ooh. is, right, Ellie? Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
I um, was on the apps as one is mm-hmm. and this guy messaged me and I was like, okay, he seems kind of normal. Let's like move this to WhatsApp. And turns out he wasn't normal. He was like, I only date like trans girls um, and like non-binary people, whatever. I was like, okay. So I'm already catching a vibe. And then, I, I mean, I'm sure you know this, Kate. The second you get involved with a chaser, very quickly they'll turn the conversation like uber sexual. And yep. they'll be like, oh, what's your kinks? What's this? What's that? I'm like, first of all, you do not know me from a hole in the wall. You are not finding yeah. out my damn kinks. But this man, la- this man launched in and was like, I'm into mummy son stuff. Will you do that with me? And was like trying to like get me to send nudes and like be like, be a good boy for mummy. And I was like, you don't understand how much I actually just want to take a nap on like the motorway right now. It's like what we call a freeway. Um, I would literally I want to take a nap in traffic after hearing that. Like, do not ever bring that shit to me. Like, I'm literally a former sex worker. I've heard it all. And that makes me like just because I've got such a good relationship with my mum as well. I'm like, I do not want to put like a mummy into any kind of sexual context. Please yeah. take several seats. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. I just had to get oh, it off my, my chest. I've not really spoken about it yet, 21. So y'all are getting <laughs> actually... like y'all are getting the therapy. <laughs> I just realized you want to explain a chase up because I'm now thinking about my mum who will be listening to this who's like what <laughs> like totally lost <laughs> would you would you like to or should I I'll let you do it girl I think you'll explain it better than I do <laughs> a chaser is a man who has this like kind of like being a vampire but instead of blood they just like crave trans girls like nothing else um they're really pervy they might be a single man they might be a man cheating on his cisgender wife but they are just men who have a very pornographic attraction to trans women that they don't know how to approach like a normal person it's pretty much what it is yeah that's a good i would say that's a good explanation it's kind of like a kink but like because like a foot kink it's just like oh you get off on like feet whatever chasers yeah. they do kind of have this way of dehumanizing your entire existence because you're purely mm-hmm. your whole reason that the whole reason they believe you exist is to sat- sexually satisfy them right because you get you right. get like chubby chasers as well like cute right there are like yeah. other kinds of yeah chasers. for sure for sure yeah, in the gay community yeah. there's like words for everything like this is probably a little bit offensive, but like they call people who have got an attraction to Asian people rice queens, which is like really fucked up. Um. Oh my god, like... I've never heard that one before. I have yeah, never that's like ever a, that's, heard that. That's legit a thing. Oh my god! People and if you're so into twisted. like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Who is sitting here coining these phrases? Please. That's that's what <laughs> I want to know. Because like I'm all down for people like you know having like kinks and stuff like that, but you do sort of think. Who actually sits down and decides that these things are going to be a thing and then like pursues them? Like, yeah. crazy. Crazy. People are mad. Yeah. No, it, it's actually feral. But yeah, chasers are an interesting thing. And I want to know, Kay, obviously, we talked a little bit about an experience you had with a chaser. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we dive into some advice for the newbies um, about how to deal with them? Because I'd love to hear your advice for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, again, I am very, I have been on a rampage about, like, cisgender women and trans women just teaming up because I feel like these men, these men are a threat to all of us. I think number one, 
it's this weird thing. A lot of them, I'm going to be very blunt, a lot of them want to bottom. And that's why they go after trans women. That's so they true. they want to bottom. They want to bottom. The assumption that a cisgender woman will not peg you, heinous. I feel like almost every cis girl I've ever met in my life who I'm friends with is like, I will peg a man. Like, I will do that. And not every girl will. Not every girl wants to. But like, a lot of these men are cheating on a partner. A lot of these men are cheating on a cis woman who they've married and dedicated a life to because they want to have a trans girl on the side because I might get a little controversial here, but a lot of kink is based in um, things that we think of as taboo. So a lot of men are- Yeah, no, I agree with that. A lot of men are into femdom because it's, ludicrous that a woman could have you tied up on the floor and be in charge of you well it's it's so true though yeah and like half my career as a sex worker was just dumb work yeah yeah and it's it's like these men with money and kind of everything they want and like a perfect life at home and i'm like wouldn't it be crazy if someone was like beating the crap out of me right now you know but no, he's literally sitting there watching like his football match, like with the boys, and in his head he's thinking, "God, I really want an empowered woman just to bend me over and show me who's boss." And it's so funny because they're so scared of that. And it's like your wife would probably do that if you asked her. Like right? she probably her wants to. to. She right. probably does. Like just give her the opportunity. And they I don't realize as from- well, though. Sorry, they don't realize that for a lot of us, like the biology don't work that way because of hormones. And if you aren't built that way and it does work, you're probably not going to want to do that. Yeah. Straight men don't wash their asses. I don't put none of my shit in there. Yeah, I do feel like for a lot of men's dedicated wives, that would be like a one time I'm going to try it. And then it would just kind of become like, oh, you have a lot to fix before we do that again. Like, a lot <laughs> I have a some lot notes to- for next time. <laughs> I have actually a lot of notes. Um, I've written a contract that you have to sign before the next occasion. But I feel like, I think I just, there is so much about, like, I, I almost feel like a lot of interactions that trans women have, particularly with these types of men is like a super hyper-focused microcosm of how men as a societal class think about women. And, you know, it's just, it's all narrowed down because we're a small community and. And a vulnerable community as well. Right. And so instead of, you know, there are a lot more cisgender women. And so I think cis men view them almost as, a commodity and something that becomes tedious and boring at that you know mm-hmm. um I've said before that I think most things that men do um you know like when you think of super masculine men it's not for women and it's not about attracting women it's about impressing other men mm-hmm. you know other men Period. are the only counterparts and the only people who and again, I'm speaking about men as a societal class. I'm not speaking about every single man individually. Okay, so nobody come after me and kill me. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of these things like the big muscles and fast cars and having lots of money and like being successful in business, a lot of that is stuff that they do to get other men to respect them or be jealous of them. Yeah, and a lot that. of true mm-hmm. like passion gets saved 
for between men, even when they're heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And so cis women get picked up and married as some kind of commodity and then they get sidelined for these guys to go hunt down trans women like where like wild elk like desperately running away from a pack of hunters you know and it's just nasty like the things they say to you and they act like you should be really grateful for the attention which i hate so much i know that's the weirdest thing about it it's like and then they they treat you like shit and then they like say thank you but they sit yeah, there okay. and think that you're going to be like, and honestly, I've felt this way before. I'm sure most like trans girls and like adjacent people have felt this way. Where at a time you're like, well, you know, things are a bit awkward with where I'm at right now with my journey. And mm-hmm. they give me some attention and I'm probably not going to get it anywhere else. So they make you feel like you should be grateful for it. And then you fall into the shit. And that's what's really fucked up about it because they take all the manipulation that they've practiced over the years of dating cis women and then they yeah. channel it into us and use our own vulnerable like status as a community against us. And that's what makes it really fucked. That's yeah. actually really interesting that you say that because as you were saying that, obviously as you know, as as women, as we mature, we sort of understand these sorts of tactics. And like, I mean not maybe not all girls but a lot of girls when you know when you're younger you're all you want is a boyfriend like all you want is some attention from a boy and that's exactly why groomers use that exact tactic to yeah absolutely that's and and it's and it's interesting because you know how like some people view it's a, a bit like dylan mulvaney and um her her sort of story of of girlhood um it's sort of like she's becoming a girl for the first time and that it kind of reminds me of like the groomers going for the young girls who aren't used to that yet it's like it's the same mentality same mentality right which is I I totally agree with you Kay about um it being like a microcosm which is why it's so fundamental that trans women and cis women work together to fight the patriarchy because we're we're Mm -hmm. facing the exact same battles side by side we're just not like (laughs) communicating properly very much but also and... there's there are a lot of cis women and trans women that are communicating really effectively i think oh, that, yeah, like, of course of fully. course i just mean like the, the oh ones yeah i mean of course behind. but also that... at this point i've acknowledged that there are just some people out there men women people in between that just will never acknowledge my humanity like jk rowling's mm-hmm. and her like merry band of turfs I completely, like, I made peace with the fact that there's just some people that don't understand what it is and are never going to get it because the girls are going to get it, the girls that don't, don't. But at the same time, you kind of have to cut that loss because if you don't, you just dwell on the people that hate you just because of, like, the gender you are, the way that you see the world. If you sit and dwell on those people, then you're almost letting them win. Yeah, yeah. And it's also very mentally taxing, especially for the Mm. trans community. And it ain't my turfs. Like it ain't our job. It's I'm not getting I'm gonna mind the business that pays me. And some dickhead online that says you're still a man though, I've got no time for it. Come if you're gonna if if you're gonna drag, do something creative at least. Yeah. (laughs) But that's why we need the cis women to like fight these battles like with us, like with the trans community as well because in the moments where it's really hard we've got like Mm. the community to like pick up the slack you know Mm -hmm. and you know I think I even have to say I'm not going to extend sympathy but I am going to give understanding two different things 
but I've heard before that a lot of people kind of feel that turfism came out of all of these groups that felt that their era of feminism had not accomplished its goals. And something that happens when a social movement doesn't work, when it collapses, is it turns inward and it becomes used as a tool to punch down because punching up didn't work. So we're going to punch down, you know, or punch laterally, you know, whatever. Mm. And so it's kind of, you know, I think, and I want to say this very tentatively, but you said something, Ali, um, about cis women, like from the day y'all are brought into the world, you are subjected to only being able to be feminine, but you're also highly encouraged to reject femininity. And (laughs) so I think particularly for, you know, so many women growing up and living in that constant tango, you know, and up until like 15 years ago, trans women were like mostly hiding in the shadows. Like you did not want to be a trans woman. So for a lot of people, this is the first time ever hearing about trans people as a community, seeing trans people on TV, not as a punchline. And I think it is confusing. And I think what we really get to is that a lot of people um, have so deeply internalized that rejection of like enjoying being a woman, you know, like a lot of these people do not like being a woman and don't see any positive to being a woman, which I think is something really important to you know, like, I, I do think even though, like, we we always have to, like, try to find something to embrace about this. Because I think if you get to a point where you hate this part of your identity so much and it's just that's all there is left, then we got to think, is there some gender stuff going on with you? You know what I mean? But Yeah, it's internalized misogyny and a lot well, of yeah. women struggle with it. Like, a lot yeah. of women struggle with it. And it, it can make, I mean, that's where you get the sort of, like, the, like, trump supporter wives like who reject every single like dream real women about the trump <laughs> but you know wait that... did you see that jacket that it was like um that guy was wearing and it was like oh my god i'm gonna have to find it i'm gonna have to find it sorry continue it'll make you laugh well i'm gonna say i even feel like turfism is very distinct in it's like type yeah, of it internalized is. misogyny very much so. I honestly feel like a lot of it. First of all, I'm also going to say this, and I'm going to publicly say this. Um, turfism, I have seen it work in action on young girls. Turfism is like inherently super predatory towards young feminists. It really is. It's it like radicalization. It's they, they well, look it's in the name, like, isn't it? Yeah. They look for like 15 to 17 year old feminists who are still learning and they figuring shit out. Open and I'm going to tell y'all, there. I'm not going to name a name, but there was this girl who, I was mutuals with her for a while. I, I follow a lot of people on TikTok. I didn't see her content very often. And I guess over the years, we had lost contact somehow. She ends up back on my For You page, dropping these tiny little turf dog whistles in a video uh-huh. um, when uh-huh. Roe versus Wade happened. And it was very light. It was very noticeable to you to an untrained eye. It's innocuous. And I see all of these young cis women in the comments, like, 
wow, I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, this is what y'all do. Like these, I mean, we, we have to get to a point where we say, I don't expect a 17 year old, 18 year old to have the best critical thinking skills. Your mm-hmm. frontal cortex is not yeah. developed, but they are, they're about like an 18 year old. You're not fully developed in your brain, but you're considered an adult. You know, and so it's like this mm. prime age for people to be like, come in and infect with all these crazy ideas. And sure enough, I actually made a video about this girl. This was a long time ago. I was like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, but I don't think you're dumb. And I think you're doing this on purpose. This, mm. These are turf dog whistles. And I called her out on it and she stitches me back. And she's like, I've done so much for the trans community. Like I've done all this stuff. And then I responded, this was the end of it. I was like, I do not care what you've done up to this point you're dog whistling right now like honestly that's like of- saying i have a black friend when you're racist. Like, no it's, 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 it's exactly that like same yeah. thing yeah and it's not like your good deeds are like a compoundable pass to do something horrible like, <laughs> no literally i don't <laughs> think no, people I have a get that. no it's like, like you should be you should be doing good things because it's the right thing to do yeah not to like get points later well it's like to put it into the most basic of context it's like if you walk past a homeless person on your way into work and one day you give them like a a dollar to go get a coffee and the next day you kick them like (laughs) but you know it's like that that that. that dollar does not equate to you being able to treat that person like shit the next day and it's the same thing with anything it's like just because you listen to beyonce does not mean you suddenly get the right to say that black lives matter is not that important important right right no like uh, but and to finish it out she ends up now now today she's proud open like fully public turf oh work she's fully open she's been going on the podcast cycles like the conservative podcast cycles and then she has all these other scandals that i didn't even know about but i'm just like it's so gross it would be a lot easier if they would just be public. But so many of the times that we find out about somebody being a turf, they're very intentionally yeah. hiding it. And I mm. don't even think all of that is because they're like scared of the transgender mafia, but it's because they know that to get people to understand their thinking, cis people they, to understand their yeah. thinking, they have to be subtle at first and kind of roll yeah. people into well, it. Instead it's of kind of just- like, this can sound a bit un- unhinged. It's almost a bit like Scientology in the sense <laughs> that, like, they don't start off with, like, here's Xenu and this is what an operating thetan is and all that sort of stuff. They get people when they're at a low time, like, come with us, we'll get you clean off, like, drugs if you're addicted to something. We'll get you some, like, therapy for Dianetics. Mm-hmm. They get people and then they start off with being like, oh, we're so reasonable, don't pay attention to the media, like, that's not what we're about. But before you know it, your ball's deep, you've spent, like, 80 grand on Scientology and then you believe in literally, an yeah. alien monster. Like, yeah, that's, how it, that's how it goes, though. Yeah, 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 yeah like, no, no. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah it's, we should do an article on this, Adam, actually, about these, like, tough dog whistles, because we've... No, we actually should. We fully should. And also, on a... <laughs> kind of like to know um I found the jacket and it's like a bike a biker gang um in the US and they have jackets and it says like on the top it says born to ride and then uh-huh. on the bottom it says Donald Trump <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> which is working hilarious <laughs> and like there are whole gangs wearing them no no I, like... I live for that though because they're oh. so deluded. They just they will never get that. They will never <laughs> no. be able to read the room. You know, and they'll just keep wearing them, which is so funny. I'm sorry. I ha- 
this is the real tea, though. And I mean, I assume you did not vote for Trump, Kay. Um, well, no, I did not. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I know that, like, he is very effective galvanizing people. But how could people just look at the man's hair and then think, that's the move? Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> like, on the look. most basic of levels, if you can't look after your own head of hair, you cannot look after a country. Know that, no. The, the only thing I'm going to say is this. This country is truly the land of the free and the home of the psychological operation. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, if there is anywhere... Sorry, you just took a sip of water. <laughs> it's alright, it's down. It's good. <laughs> okay. But, you know, it's... Nothing surprises me. And that's all I'm going to say is that it's just the it's same nothing here. surprises me anymore. No, I you swear, the, the US just seems like a big old Truman Show experiment. <laughs> oh, I mean, literally, have y'all seen the, the UFO crap going on right yes. now? Yes! <laughs> yeah, I we mean, just don't, don't care. I do not care. And you know what's crazy? What's And this is actually what makes me so mad about it. The other night, Alex was having a cigarette and he calls me outside. There's like this line of 20 lights in the sky and we're like, whoa, that's so crazy. What is that? It took like 20 minutes of Google to find out that it was Elon Musk uh satellite like you just just google it the weird there's they're flying that, weird crap in the sky all the time just look it up find out what it is move on the thing is so like the uk is i don't think we're quite as like meta yet but honestly we are just evolving back into like the land of fucked up imperialism basically yeah it's yeah. also going it's, awry here <laughs> yeah it's quite depressing in a very different it's... way but awry yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah honestly yeah. like at this point i'm just like i just want to fuck off to iceland and like live in a cave yeah <laughs> i'll come sign me up i want to just be like a bog witch at this point covered in mud <laughs> like screaming in a forest like nobody come near me in my house oh like, i'm done let's do it i'm done should we start a bog witch call? I feel like that could catch on. That has to be yeah. a thing already. Surely. I, Surely. No, but you want to know what? If there is a bog witch core, I can bet y'all anything. It's a white background with a pair of Doc Martens, a lacy green skirt, and like maybe no makeup. We need, if we're going to do bog witch core, I'm talking like warts, mold fungus like, I want to nasty. <laughs> let's get subversive with the cores let's get disgusting let's get scary oh my god no i'm yeah. so here for um, it yeah should i make a pinterest board <laughs> oh my god no actually i'm so here for it bog yeah. witch called that's oh genius my god. i'll make it i'll make a starter pack and like, like a pinterest board. <laughs> honestly we need to be serving hag raven or i don't want it yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at least it's like you know relatable <laughs> i can yeah. jump on that it's easy yeah honestly i'm wearing a floor length black dress that has a bunch of holes in it right now so i feel like i'm already halfway there you're literally halfway there halfway there yeah oh. like, I, re- I, re- I really committed to the bit already like that's so slightly <laughs> yeah and you know what on that note <laughs> i think we're, we're we're at time it's a weird note to end it on it really is <laughs> everyone get on your brooms find the nearest bog we will and be there fly with away. cauldrons <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're going to fly Kay out to the UK so she can join our bogs over here because I believe yeah. Texas is very dry. Yeah, yeah and then roll we'll around fly the to Iceland. The plan is, it's it's set in motion. Yeah, we got it. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, though, so oh much God. for joining us, hey, Kay. This has been yeah. you, you're, so nice. Honestly, you're a tonic. Yeah. 
It has been wonderful sitting here. This is my first podcast appearance ever, and it's been so no fun. Way. Oh, we're I love honored. sitting down with y'all. Well, yeah. you're welcome back anytime. For oh. sure. Well, we'll have to plan some other topic that we barely talk about the whole time again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is how it always goes. Don't worry, you're new okay. here. Okay, <laughs> good. good. Oh, no. The Shakira episode is going to end up with us talking about, I don't know, like, sexism <laughs> on, like, subway trains in Japan or something. <laughs> yeah. Something like randomly like, yeah about that. <laughs> mm, we should actually yeah <laughs> i'm gonna break that down now <laughs> no honestly thank you so much it's been yeah. a blast yeah it was and... really fun thank y'all yeah so no worries. do you want to tell and us then... where people can find you Kay? that's what i was about to say yes you can find me on tiktok at k underscore wow and I don't remember my Instagram handle, but it's linked on my TikTok. It's, so her Instagram handle is at ghostlyk, but the O is a zero. Well, perfect. Thank you. That- You're welcome. <laughs> I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> and you can find us at thenewfeminist.co.uk as per, and our Instagram hand- handle is uh, what is it? The New Feminist Magazine, and then all of our other social handles are at the TNF Magazine. But that's it. Bye, guys. Love y'all. Stay safe.